This is the Manga Mavericks Podcast from AllComic.com, episode 51. We are a podcast not only dedicated to talking about manga as a medium, but as an industry. I'm Colton, and um, yeah, you'll have to excuse my uh, very tardy friend Sid, otherwise known as Lam Ramayasha. Um, I mean, I guess it's no surprise. He- he's usually late to our recordings, but you know, I don't hold it against him. I just... Uh, I I just you know it, it's it's been it's been like ten twenty minutes so like I, I just figured ah, I might as well just get the intro out of the way because you know how long our podcasts go on for I I figured I'd save us some time but um so yeah just to kind of you know get the intro out of the way um so uh, on this episode of the podcast uh, which we are uploading on our off week by the way uh, that's not something we usually do super often but. Um, uh, we're we're uploading an episode this week because uh, we basically just kind of wanted to get uh, some jump starts out of the way that we totally did not forget to keep recording about, and uh, those two jump starts being uh, Momiji no Kisetsu and Kimimo Shinrakseyo or Invade You, um, as uh, as Viz should have titled it, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, so yeah, um, we we figured with the next round of jump starts coming, we we might as well cover those, uh, cover the previous two real quick, um, and just give you guys a bonus episode this week. Um, we 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 figured um, we figured that'd be the best thing to do instead of tacking it onto uh, the next episode. So yeah, um, I I guess without further ado, I mean I don't know where Sid is, but. Uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, now that I got the intro out of the way, um, he'll be on to record the main topic or whatever. So I guess I'm just going to stop recording and OK, hold on. Um, OK, uh, I guess I have to cut this out. Sorry, guys, uh, if you're listening, uh, I think I just heard a noise coming from my room. Um, I'm recording in the kitchen right now or I guess in the dining room, whatever. It, that's not important. I'm just expositing. Um, so here. I'm just going to keep this recording. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. Okay. Okay. I'll be right back, guys. Sorry. Oh, hey, it's you. Um, hey. Um, I... What are you doing here? Like, I... I mean, no, no, no offense, buddy, but, um, I didn't think you had the money to travel from the UK all the way to Missouri. Like, I'm... Uh, I mean, I, I just figured you were in debt because of all the comics you buy online, but, you know, who, who am I to judge your finances, you know? But anyway, yeah, I mean, it, it's great to see you and all, but, like, what are, you, what are you doing with that bag? What are you doing with those ropes? And what's that familiar voice coming from that bag? Oh, God! Oh, God! Ah! Ah, this bag is so rude! It's... Oh, God, there's, like, no room! I'm gonna have back pain for weeks! Oh, no! Ah! I didn't stop the recording. Ah, it's gonna, ah, it's gonna, oh my god. Ah, this podcast is gonna be so much longer. It's, it'll be dead air. Dead air. And now in our next section, we're going to go and talk about the two latest jump starts from uh, the Viz's Weekly Shonen Jump and the main magazine in Japan. I'm Max. I've, I've replaced Colton and Sid. They don't exist anymore. We escaped! We escaped <laughs> from the claws that Nazi stuffed us into! We were in there all night! Oh, Maxie, what, what, how could you? 
It was so hot, there's no air conditioning. I'm sweating, I'm melting, I'm dying. Ah, great, Maxie, now my co-host is melted. I'm gonna have to go, I'm, I'm gonna have to go get, a, get a new one, like, this just puts a dent in all my plans. Someone throw water on me! I'm the opposite of the Wicked Witch of the West. If you throw water on me, I will rejuvenate! I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm so sorry. It's just I can't get my own podcast started again. I thought I'd just steal <laughs> yours, and oh, it's all gone wrong. It's okay, Maxie. We're we're here for you. But Maxie, you don't need to steal the podcast from us. You're always welcome to come on anytime because you're our friend, and that is the Shonen Manga Spirit. The the secret of it is that I am secretly on every episode, just listening quietly in the background. <laughs> uh, if you listen very carefully, every now and then you can hear me just let out a really long sigh, but because uh, it's so far away from like it's like a rasp, it's just <sighs> it's very unusual. <laughs> I mean, I, I I get that because you know our episodes are usually like like hours and hours long on end, so you just kind of have to like like you know you don't want people here here breathing, but you got you got to take a breath like every once in a while because it's like we we record for like four hours straight. <laughs> That's the thing. I literally I hold my breath, and every hour on the hour, there's just a <gasps> and then I'm back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gives our listeners something to listen to next time. Um, but. Yeah, uh, so we're going to be talking about those jump starts that we keep forgetting to talk about. Yeah, and it's a good time because at the time we're recording this, the next set of jump starts are already about to begin, uh, starting tomorrow, because we're recording this the Sunday before. So yeah, it's it's a good idea to record about these now. And we thought it would be a great idea since we were also going to be recording another podcast with Max the other day that we get him on to share his thoughts on these two new series, Momiji no Kitsetsu and Kimi wo Shinrakuseyo. Or Invade You. Yes, though Wiz does not use those titles for some reason. Which is what I'm going to be calling it, because if I'm being honest, I will not remember the uh, the Japanese title. Invade You. It's shorter. It's easier. Yes, I don't know why Wiz didn't go with that. I mean, they sort of did. They have that as a subtitle, but like they label it Kimi wo Shin Ryakuseyu on the, their website, so I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. If anybody listening follows me on Twitter at the time, you may remember that I got really salty that Viz decided against translating the name. Because, like, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about series actual content in a moment, but when it comes to uh, putting these series into English, even if it's only for a jump start, I feel like most of the time it does benefit to actually translate and adapt the titles properly. And the thing with uh, Kimi Woshin Ryakuseo, it translates so neatly from about Ten syllables down to three, and it's ridiculous to not do that, even if you're never going to pick it up. And I mean, let's be honest they they probably won't because it's a gag series, and it's something I like. So you know, they'll but you like that. we never learn, and they picked that up. They they did, which surprised me. But then I also spent like the entire jump stop period of six weeks yelling at people to like. Uh, write into business surveys and tell them to keep it so <laughs> <laughs> well your efforts paid off you know i i fought for that one <laughs> who knows there's about to be an opening in the magazine soon so who knows maybe invade you has a chance but yeah it is super weird when they 
refer to it as his Japanese name prominently and not a translated name. It would be like if they called We Never Learned Bokutachi wa Benkyo ga Dekinai and didn't translate the title at all. Yeah, and I mean, and they were they were so clever with the title to We Never Learn because again, it it translates more directly as like we can't study. But they went, hold on, we can make this an amazing pun. Yeah, and that 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 pleased me immensely. That's the sort of thing I really want to see from companies adapting manga. Is just 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 twisting things just enough to make a title as as good in English as it would be in the original Japanese. That said, the first series we actually have to talk about. Uh, Momoji no Kisesu definitely benefits from uh, having its name in Japanese because I, I feel like it it fits more neatly with what it is being about shogi. Mm. No, I, I, I agree, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like culturally there's a reason. Also, it reminds me kind of like you kept Hikaru no Go the way it is, even though you could translate that as Hikaru's Go, so it's fine, there's a precedent. I think it, it makes sense for the right sort of series. And more often than not, when the series name is already quite short and punchy, like, that's the way to go. Like, because you can understand that Shok- uh, Shokugeki no Soma became Food Wars here because that rolls off the tongue easier. But then, like, say, like, say Kimetsu no Yaiba, uh, they, they could have left it as that. Demon Slayer's fine, it's great, but they didn't really need to fiddle with that. Yeah. I mean, if they were to translate the title... Uh, they could call it, like, Momiji Season, but then you'd miss the pun that his name means, like, maple tree. So keeping it in Japanese also preserves, like, the double meaning that wouldn't really be there in the in an English translation. Yeah, it's like, again, that's a case where I think there was a lot more thought put into the decision not to change it. But should we actually talk about the series itself? Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> sure. So, Momiji no Kitsetsu is about a middle schooler, I think? Or is he, like, a in the first year of high school? His name is Momiji Kuramichi, and his elder brother was once a very talented uh, shogi player, referred to as the Dragon King. And he was, you know, incredibly skilled. People say, like, he was as beautiful as his name. Meanwhile, Momiji is not very successful in Shogi. He just does not have the same talent as him. Like, he's never passed the entrance tests and he hasn't made it very far in tournaments and stuff. Even though he practices so hard, he's never made, like, the top 16 and tournament and whatever so but one day the first ever woman shogi player the silver princess ichio ichihara is suddenly at his house taking a bat and surprises him of course and ichio turns out to be the an apprentice of sakura and ichio decides to train momiji in order to become a better shogi player and train him to become good enough to become the next Dragon King. That's basically the story, and during the course of the first chapter, Icho manages to identify that the reason why Momiji's not having much success as a player is because he's trying to imitate 
his brother's style of playing, which is very aggressive and is coined the Sakura style. But she tells Momiji that, you know, he needs to play a style that is more suited to his strengths. And he realizes because he used to play so often with his brother, he naturally developed his own style in counter to his brother's style, which was more defensive. And so his best style of attack is actually playing defense. And later he has a match against someone else in the dragon, like the 80th National Dragon Tournament Junior Division. And he manages to use that style that he used to play against his brother and win a match against someone he was not able to beat before. And that basically sets up the series from there as he is about to like embark on the path to become a professional shogi player and eventually become the Dragon King. Hmm. So I guess, uh, I guess what do we just, what do we think about this in general then? Well, I was looking forward to it because I think that we haven't really had like a good games based manga in a while. At least nothing that's like stuck around. Uh, the last attempt at a shogi series that we had seen was, oof, what was the name? Uh, Mononofu? Yes, Mononofu. And I really enjoyed Mononofu, and I was very sad that it didn't catch on. So I was hoping that Momiji no Kisetsu would be a series that would, you know, maybe have more success. Or, like, I was just hoping for another interesting read in general, regardless of, like, how long this lasts. And, like, in the first couple of pages, I wasn't as... I wasn't sold on it immediately. But by the time I got to the end of the first chapter and I saw where it was going, I thought, okay, this is is really compelling and it has a really interesting angle. And I'm also very interested in the mentor-student relationship between Icho and Mumiji. And the fact that, like, she is raising him to become, like, her rival, basically. To have a match against. Because Sakura was not able to fulfill his dream. So she is fulfilling, like, his dreams through Mumiji. So I think that's, like, a very interesting angle, too. That I, like, really want to see where that goes. Yeah, I I, I kind of felt the same way. Like, I wasn't really super into it at first. Um, but I mean, it doesn't help that, like, I pretty much know nothing about Shogi. So I, I get kind of lost when, you know, they start explaining about, you know, things as far as, like, ranks and tournaments and, like, rules go. And unfortunately, all that, all that stuff is kind of lost on me. But uh, what I find interesting is I find the idea of Momiji's character arc interesting and in where, like... You know, at some point he'll, you know, I mean, he he'll start kind of taking those steps towards, you know, basically stepping out of the legacy and the shadow that his brother left behind, uh, which which I think could be a really interesting character arc for him. Mm-hmm. I think that they have really good dramatic moments to like sell that dramatic arc, like when he's kind of losing in that rematch he has with this guy he's like he can't see the board like he's there's like a visual like just these a bunch of these leaves covering the shogi board but then he remembers Icha's words that you know he only looks at the board but he should try looking up at his opponent so I thought like that was like a really good moment to be like you know don't be down on yourself like look up and face your opponent head on and like enjoy the game 
And I like that. And then there was like a great visual, like as he's, you know, enjoying the game and he's playing better and better, like the leaves are flying off the board and stuff. And then the, it, the board becomes all clear. And yeah, I, there were some really good visuals that sell the character arc very well. I, I really like the, um, I really like that moment as well. But I also really like how it kind of led into this, this, t- this double page spread where like basically like, everything just kind of stops and like everybody's just kind of like taking the moment in. Um, I thought that sequence was pretty well done actually. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it a lot as well. It, I don't feel like it's, it, it's not the highest praise, but I think it's fair to say it's the first new series of the year that I actually really felt any sort of a long-term attachment to. Really? Uh, more than a shame that you only get three chapters of it. But yeah, every, everything before has been kind of... They, very little of it's been bad. I'm largely very positive about comics full stop. But a lot of it was kind of uh, milk toast, for lack of a better phrasing. Like Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, as much as it's quite fun from those first three chapters I read, was not the most inspired series. Uh, and I say that as a fan of Black Clover, so keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, but... But this, it, it's kind of interesting to go and find it both really original whilst also being very aware that the first couple of chapters were literally the same as what came out in the Jump uh, Giga run, which has been collected in a volume as well. Uh, I don't know how Japanese audiences responded to that, but I find that uh, both a sensible decision because don't fix what ain't broke, but also a, a very unusual decision because if people had forked out for that volume they're going to feel a little bit shafted uh coming to the new series and a, a few people i spoke to who picked up the japanese volume but uh but reading english were like kind of down about that that said uh it's it's so incredibly strong with what it's doing uh the feeling especially around the sort of the autumn leaf aesthetic and how that plays out with uh even to the level of the color of mamiji's hair is fantastic and it it really it, oh it just it just tickled that it's just right. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. So it was published in Jump Giga, uh, like a volume's worth of chapters last year, starting in like May. Yeah, it got the it got a summer. It was in the free summer issues last year, which weren't ones that I picked up, but it it, it caused a bit of a stir. Uh, both, in fact, that's that's the interesting thing. We'll say this now. Uh, both these series are reboots of Jump Giga series. Mamiji no Kisetsu had been collected as a volume before it got serialized, but Invade You as well had had a, a several chapter run in the winter issues of Jump Giga, uh, to the point of having like three chapters and issue for the three issues. So like they've they've both had that chance to really get their audience first. It it feels like Weekly Shonen Jump is trying something very new with how they get new series going just to try and have ones that stick and it, i mean it remains to be seen whether it works but at the least it's led to some good comics being published in the magazine it's an interesting connection uh, between these two series is that they had these pilot runs elsewhere and, and it was like an extended pilot run of a couple chapters and not just you know one pilot chapter so it's very interesting, like, they're taking a more long-form development uh, approach to some of their new series now. Which I, I think they're aware they need to do that as well, because, I mean, uh, p- people are exaggerating slightly with saying that, like, Jump's failed to find real hits in recent history. But 
it's more that I think they just have to change their approach to finding uh, defining popular series and redefining what popular means because it used to mean sells over a hundred thousand first volume. Now it means they can build up to that over time. And I, I think the Giga pilot runs for these two series kind of represent them realizing that. Yeah, and it's very interesting to see like what could come out of that. I mean, I also have noticed that they sometimes are moving stuff that aren't performing so well in the magazine over to Jump Plus for a little bit. Or like they they are giving series more of a chance these days to like find its audience. So I think that's like very fair and also much healthier. Like for in order to like you know, cultivate audiences and, like, help give the series as much of a chance as possible to, you know, reach a potential audience. Absolutely. I mean, they're doing that with Jump Square as well. Uh, Black Torch, uh, which is coming out from this soon, which surprised me. I I haven't really been paying attention to Jump Square licenses. Uh, Has has made the jump from there to Plus uh, just before Tomato Poi, uh, No Lycan Fiend. I've already forgotten what that series is called. <laughs> I'd like to think, we'll go with that. Uh, like the the two of them moving over, I think, has both been assigned like from multiple magazines that they're willing to give something a chance to be a cult hit, which is, I mean, that's shown in Jump Plus's entire deal. Unless you're World's End harem, like you're not going to be a huge hit if you're in Plus. You're going to do all right, and that's fine, and kind of healthy to encourage that rather than. Uh, just burning to the ground everything that isn't a smash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, t- I took that a little bit far away from the actual content of the two series. Is there anything else you guys want to say about Mamiji no Kisetsu? I think uh, the Jumpstart on- run ended off on a very interesting note that, you know, it's pretty good for, like, a first street pilot chapter, here's a preview of what you can expect from the series kind of thing, because it ends off, with introducing a new rival in the form of Somei, who also has this connection to Icho. He, like, he was also a student of Sakura's. He wants to mentor under Icho. So it's like a cool, like, okay, here's Momiji's, like, direct rival, someone who has, like, supposedly more qualifications than him, or at least more experience, but, like, they just, but he, but, you know, it's someone Momiji needs to compete against in order to, like, prove, like, he's, you know, uh, in order to like, who's the better one to fulfill Sakura's dream, basically. So I think that was a good note to leave off of. It was like, okay, cool. This is a cool cliffhanger. I wonder where the series will go now with this relationship. Uh, and it's, a, I don't know if we'll get more, but you know, it's, a, I like it when the dress around leaves off, like with this promise of, okay, this is only to get bigger from here. And it makes me want to like see where the stories is going. Uh, in the future. So I like being left off on a note like that. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I'm I'm actually thinking about whether I would read this weekly or not. And honestly, because, you know, I talk about, uh, I've talked about, you know, dozens of times how I'm very picky about, you know, what new series I, I read weekly and jump because you never know when it's just going to burn out or whatever, uh, like Maxie was saying. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting, like, is because like this is the kind of series I, I really did not see myself having an interest in. But, 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 but the promise of you know such a you know interesting arc for uh, for Momiji actually makes me want to read more of it. And I would actually consider maybe reading this weekly at least for a little while, 
like I actually want to see where this goes. So I was pleasantly surprised on that front. Okay then. So I guess if those are. Oh, go ahead, Maxi. I was just going to say, shall we move on to talking about the second series? Yes. And Maxi, why don't you describe Invade You? Since I think you are definitely extremely passionate about it. I I am Invade You's number one fan. (laughs) 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 Um, So, uh, I'm very bad at summarizing series, so I will do my best. Okay, so it's about this perfectly restrained but grey-haired uh, school student called Hajime Sorajima, and he has a very unusual hairstyle uh, because he's secretly a small jelly-like alien. And that's, you know, it's hard to keep a secret. It's not the easiest thing, especially when your awareness of what's okay and what's not is a little bit skewed by the fact that your parents are aliens, you're an alien, and keeping a secret's as simple as, if I stay in human form, no one will know. Until uh, he meets a strange girl named Rhea Alba, who basically just decides off the cuff immediately, you're an alien, and for a series of uh, almost like mini psychological battles framed around comedy, uh, she's intent on proving it, whether it's by trying to touch his hairstyle, which reverts him back to his alien form, or just by incessantly questioning and observing him. She's kind of a creepy stalker, but... In an endearing way. <laughs> Not like in reality. <laughs> Don't stalk people, kids. So, yeah, I, I I thought this was cute, actually. I actually liked it. Yeah, it was charming. The alien form is adorable, and it's kind of amusing, like, how they get into, like, so many, like, scandalous, perverted positions just by accident. What makes it work for me is that Iba is so oblivious and, uh... You know, and doesn't like care about getting into like these compromising positions, and so to me that just makes it like funnier. It just makes it more playful. It's not like, but every time she's actually in a position where she could totally be like, "Aha! I've caught you. You're an alien." Like her naivety kicks in, and she just accepts that as a matter of fact thing. Like unless it, unless it's quite literally him turning into an alien in front of her, she'll just be like, well, that proves nothing. I should keep investigating. Like, the dog breathes fire. That's a little odd. I mean, the dog chapter is definitely the most ridiculous because, like, the dog is constantly doing these weird things and she just does not notice at all. Like, even when it, like, it wraps its tongue around her body, it's like, how do you not feel that, that something is weird there? It... It's just, it's fantastic in how it plays with uh, the the lack of intelligence of its protagonist, which is great because the most immediate comparison I have for it, and one that I think really holds true as to why I love it, is uh, Kaguya-sama Love is War, uh, which is a, a series that runs in Young Jump, essentially where each chapter is a different battle between the two main characters to try and get the other one to confess their feelings first, because... As we all know, the one who confesses loses, and as such, the power dynamic shifts to the one who has been confessed to. And this is kind of like that, but it's a very unidirectional approach. Like, she's trying to prove one thing, he's trying to hide the one thing. But it, with the episodic nature of the first three chapters, and I have no idea if this has changed since, it really hits that same spot of them trying to have a psychological battle, but them both being way way too stupid to really catch the other one out when they want to. 
It's like, have you guys uh, read any of Kaguya-sama since Visa picked it up? I actually have it now. Oh, I actually, ha- I have the first volume, and I've, I've skimmed it a little bit, and like, I, yeah, I really love the premise of Kaguya-sama, because it's like, they're both, the main characters are like, both so stubborn, and that they don't want the other one to have power in the relationship, and confess first, that they're going through all these crazy lengths to, to try and manipulate the other person to confess first, and in the end, like, they can, like, it's supposed to be a battle, but, like, ultimately, at the end of, like, every chapter, it's like they, they both lose, because neither of them succeed. Yeah, it's like any time there's an actual victory, it's an incredibly minor one for one of them, where they just get to feel all gooey inside for a second. And the thing is, by just by explaining that appeal right there, you've essentially explained Invade You's appeal. Because it, it is all about that, that stubbornness, that the, the sheer absurdity of each situation they end up in. And that really worked well in the, in the third chapter that got uh, jump-started by Viz where you got to go meet the childhood friend who has, like, a photo album of them together when they're younger, but because she was a kid and he was a kid at the time, she doesn't realise that photos of him stretching his arms out into, like, noodle shapes <laughs> isn't, like, clear evidence he's an alien. Which is... It's fantastic. It, the more I'm saying this, the more I'm actually feeling like it's definitely uh, lifted a lot from the success of Kigurasama, more than anything, because the Jump Gigaron isn't quite like this. It's... I mean, first of all, it's a lot uglier. I can't say enough for how much the artist's, like, skills have improved, essentially between, I think, January and now. Like, the turnaround in taking what was a really scrappy art style and turning a site that's still a little bit scraggly, but fits the series a lot better, that can't be understated. But also, like, the, the psychological battle aspect wasn't really there at first. It was more just happenstance would lead to, to him reverting or almost getting caught and he'd have to work around it. So it's it, it feels a lot stronger, and that has me feeling confident it's going to do well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think all the characters are really cute and adorably naive. Like, Kaze, that childhood friend. Like, the fact that she has this photo album of evidence that, of the fact that Hajime is an alien, yet, and, like, is constantly tr- trying to, like, tell aiba that hajime can't be an alien because because she uh, she doesn't realize of the that she the things that she is saying about him is incriminating so i think that's a great dynamic that like hajime has to look out for like aiba discovering a secret and kaze spilling a secret which is just it's interesting because a lot of the way this series is framed, it could easily be like a rom-com gag manga. I mean, it's a it's a boy and two girls from these first three chapters, and there's room for interest on all sides. But instead of it actually being about feelings, like if you were to draw lines with a triangle for each character's relationship, it's all about the threat they re- like they represent to Hajime, which is fantastic. Like I, I can't go over that enough, and it it comes through in the uh, the 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 more lecherous moments of art as well, because this has fan service in it, but it's incredibly innocuous. Like, if you were to look at it, you wouldn't think, oh, that's perfect. You'd just kind of go like, oh, yeah, and move on. It's almost innocent to the point where it could probably cause it not to land as hard, because, you know, people like the fan service. But I I appreciate that it's not being gross with it at all. 
I think the dog wrapping its tongue around Iva's body might go a little too far. But yeah, in general, this is a pretty chaste and innocent Ooh, well, series. Even with that scene, the way it's drawn, it, it might be a failing of the artist, but it's not really titillating. Which... I mean, it's ra- it's not titillating, but it is like wrapping around her boob. Yeah. And that's, that's, <laughs> it's that's like what I'm saying. It's like what it's doing it. is filthy in concept, but in execution, it's just kind of like there which really really does sound like i'm actually criticizing it more than praising it but but to me that's good (laughs) well regardless i do think that this is a nice cute uh charming little gag sort of romantic comedy and yeah i would definitely enjoy seeing more of it so hopefully it continues on forward I think these were another good pair of jump starts, all things considered. I think we've been on a good run with those, personally, I feel, this year. I think the only dud that I really felt was Ziga so far, so. That got what it deserved, which is a shame because the idea of Ziga was sound. It was just absolutely everything else about it that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is always a shame because when there's something, when you want to like a series and you can't, it's. You can't deal with it well. At least we can all agree that Noah's Notes is still the best one. <laughs> I like that. I think it's the best. I like it. What? Okay, I don't have... T- Maxie, I do not have another 20 extra minutes to go into this with you. We will save this for another day. <laughs> there, there, there isn't much to go into. Uh, I think it's come up on previous podcasts. I think the author's really boring, and my opinion of that hasn't been changed by Noah's Notes. That's uh, a shame. That, that's fair. Honestly, yeah, the, the art, the art, as as has been the case with his previous series, good, but just it never engages me. But enough of that. Uh, <laughs> I like I like these jump starts. I have no opinions about the new ones going in. They've not really done anything to hype them up. But uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll on a related them. note, I want to briefly talk about this. We mentioned that Ziga has ended, but also ending in that same issue alongside Ziga was Robot Laser Beam, and I wanted to briefly get your thoughts, Maxi, on like. Since you've also been reading the series alongside me, what do you think might have led to this not being as much of a six as Tadaoshi Fujimaki's previous series? Like, why do you think that it didn't catch on with readers in a really big way? Okay, I've, I've got this one. So it's got a single character focus where the problem is that the single character they're focusing on is hands down the least interesting character in the series. Uh, taking exception for the the terrible uh, androgynous character which plays on a quote-unquote trap dynamics and can honestly be thrown into the effing sun. Uh, Combine that with an awkward uh, case once again, uh, as was the case with early Kuroko, of a black character who was not not great representation but felt sincerely done. So you kind of get the, the whiplash of, do I like it? Yes and no. And like, and that's the problem. Every step of the way, like you could ask me about any chapter, any scene, and it'll be, "Do you like it?" And I'll be like, "Yes and no." It just it it didn't do enough to engage people. It didn't it didn't do little enough to be unlikable. It just kind of ran for a year, massively undersold on its expectations, but crucially, still sold well. Just sold far less than they expected, which is ultimately what's led to this early demise as well as a poor reception with actual magazine readers i definitely would agree with that because 
I think Robo is definitely both the strength and weakness of the manga because I did find him interesting in the fact that he was such an unexpressive character and he didn't really know how to express his feelings. And I think that character arc was very interesting. But on the flip side, it also made for a less, you know, immediately compelling character where like the emotions of most like shonen characters, they wear their heart their emotions, their hearts on their sleeves. And so, like, you can really, like, get into their emotions, like, pretty immediately early on. You know what they're about. You know what their goal is. Robo did not really have a goal at the start and it took him a while to figure out what that goal is. And I, while I think the journey of his character arc was very interesting, I can see, like, four readers of shonen manga in, in general, like, it just, he just wasn't uh, a compelling enough c- character in terms of like the adversities he was facing, the stakes he was facing, the relationship he had with his rival. It just didn't come together to make the most dynamic sports narrative you could make out of this. Absolutely. If you want to compare it more directly to Kuroko's basketball, uh, which I feel like you you could make the same criticisms early on for how Kuroko himself is presented. Uh, like he's he's very into basketball, but he's not very engaging. But the trick there is there was another player who shared Kagami. the starring role, yeah, who was incredibly engaging, like very full on from the start. And then as the series went on, more and more players got developed and became interesting. Uh, and maybe Robo could have done that down the line, but due to how golf works, the rate of actually introducing and showing off characters isn't great. Uh, which feels a shame because, uh, for example, the the character that he's uh, finishing his match with over these last couple of chapters, uh, Ginza? No. Ginro? Ginro. I'm so close. <laughs> I've, I've become so bad at names. It's because I'm reading too many comics nowadays. But yeah, uh, when they gave his origin like half a chapter or whatever to show off, it, I think it showed what would have totally worked as the protagonist of this series. And, you know, it wouldn't have been the same comic. It probably would have failed for different reasons. But it's a problem when the character you want to see more of is essentially step one in a tournament arc. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that, you know, Robo will never reach its full of potential. We won't see that match with Yozan. But it's unfortunate. It just didn't live up to expectations. I ho- Hopefully we can dig into the series later down the line. But for now, I guess we'll move on. I do think it'll be interesting to see, like, what the Viz Shonen Jump will do in terms of whether they will immediately find a replacement out of the jumpstarts that have debuted so far, or Haikyuu or Demon Slayer, or if they choose one of the upcoming two. I think that'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm I'm going to make a prediction here, and I, I have to keep saying it. I don't think it'll be Haikyuu. I don't think it will ever be Haikyuu. It's... Probably not going to happen. Well, I wouldn't say never. I mean, I think the problem with Haikyuu is it's so many chapters in, but there's still a gap between where the volume releases are and where it is in Japan because the recent volume of Haikyuu that was released over here, volume 24, that's like chapters 208 to 217, and the current chapters in Japan are like in the early 300s. So they're still releasing it one volume a month, so eventually they'll catch up, but they're not caught up right now. I think Haikyuu is still doing incredibly well because they haven't d- slowed down the releases at all. Yeah, I, I think the only real problem is that 
I, again, I would never say never. If it happens, I'll be incredibly pleased. Uh, I won't, like, eat my hat if it happens. It will just be very surprising. At the same time, it, it can't be said enough. It's quite long in the tooth now. And whilst, I mean, it's not going to end for a few years. It's the second most popular series in Jump right now, I think. Yeah? Yeah. I think yeah, so. I think that's I think that's fair. Maybe the third. I don't know. It's still ahead of My Hero Academia, I think, just about. It's close-knit, though. It sells more, for sure. It sells more, which is the key thing. But at the same time, I, I think picking a series up for a simultaneous publication when it's past volume 30 is a really bad idea. And if if this do it, good on them. But also, don't. There's there's so many more things they could take a chance to work better. A, a demon Slayer Kamesi no Yaiba would be uh would be a better choice, and I have no idea what's even going on in that now. But at least it's younger and fresher. I I definitely would agree with that in terms of like a series that had would have a potentially longer lifespan. I think Demon Slayer as a series that's still like it's in early stages and it's like about to reach its prime when the anime comes out, probably, is probably a better candidate than Haikyuu, which I, I don't think it'll be winding down for a couple more years, but at the same time, if I, if I were to think which one will ultimately last longer in terms of, like, how many more years it'll go on, I think Demon Slayer would go on a few more years than Haikyuu has left. Yeah, um, I mean, above those, I would also say what are the obvious choices to go and pick up uh, outside of the new series if they turn out to go and be hot shit? Um, it are Jujutsu Kaisen and Act Age because as of tomorrow, they're going to be part of the newest promotional campaign for Weekly Shonen Jump. Like, they want to make these series stick in Japan. And so, like, they're worth taking a chance on here as well, maybe. You never know. I mean, probably Kaisen more than Act Age, but, you know. Man, I didn't even think about Act Age. Yeah, that's... I guess out of all the new series, that's like if they were to pick up anything that 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 would be that that would be my number one pick personally, along with um, Kimetsu no Yaiba. Even though I I wasn't super hot on it when I first read it, but honestly, like my interest in it has only just increased since then. So I'd be fine with either of those personally. But yep. yeah, mm-hmm. I, whatever it is, I will probably enjoy it. So, well, here's hoping that we, they do actually replace Robo Laser Beam. I mean, if they don't replace it, they're, they're still doing, like, fresher stuff at the moment with, like, the two chapters a week of, um... Hell's Paradise, Jigokuraku. Jigokuraku, yeah. I, I, I will forever kick myself in the face for the fact that I misread that when... Because I'm not very good at translating. I'm not Bomber. I'm not. But <laughs> I read it as Hell's Hell because I was so tired. I was like, oh, I'll just go and read, like, the first part twice. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Bomber, we do have something to record with him a little later, so we'll just wrap up with our final thing we're, we wanted to talk uh, j- just with you about, and that is the Black Clover popularity poll. And this was the second Black Clover popularity poll. They ran this in the spring, and... Yeah, the results were definitely interesting. Just like last time, we also had an English poll that was running inside that, so English readers of the Viz Shonen Jump could also vote for their faves. And, yeah. And the results for, like, the top characters are pretty similar. Yami, Asta, Yuno, 
where top three like vote in the last poll and in this poll for both American and U.S. readers. And of course, just like last time, Yami is number one for English readers, whereas Asa is number one for Japanese readers. But they're still like both in the top two. So we know who the clear favorites are in of, of in the Black Clover fan days. As I was gonna say, I, I definitely voted for Yami, so I'm I'm glad to see that he's apparently just as popular as ever. Though honestly, if Yami didn't exist, I I definitely would have voted for either a Fagolion or a Mario Leona. <laughs> see, that's interesting now that you talk about Fagolion, because he does come in here at number six, even though in the manga he's not done anything for two years. And what's even more surprising is that he's ranked higher than he was in the first poll. In the first poll, he was ranked number nine, and now he's ranked number six. So weird. There's nothing that makes me feel more displeased for my, my queen, Mary Oleona, than that her comatose brother outranked her. <laughs> <laughs> I think a contributing factor was the anime was at this part of the story where, you know, Fugolion, you know, was doing stuff and was being really cool and stuff. So that, I think, might have influenced voters in Japan. In fact, that, that's probably worth examining is... Uh... The, the first poll, I believe, was before the anime actually debuted, and was a lot more generic. Like, its top five was plain enough to the point that I think uh, the bird Nero was actually in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, don't get me wrong, I like the personality-lacking bird that pecks people and that's its whole deal, but there are <laughs> better characters than a bird. But but Maxi, he, he's, he's the mascot. He's barely a mascot. I'm, not even, I'm pretty sure he's hung out... I mean, spoilers for current Black Clover manga, but I'm pretty sure he's still hanging out in the giant floating base of the bad guys. Like, he, I don't think he's actually travelled out of there with the rest of them. That said, uh, I, I just want to quickly read out the top ten so people actually know what we're on about. Uh, I won't say the vote amounts, they're not as relevant. But, uh, so, from the from the top to the bottom, bottom to top we stop. Oh no, Linkin Park's in my head now. Uh, Asta came in at first, then Yami, then Yuno, then... Luck, which was a pleasant surprise. Fourth, I mean, well, well deserved. But a character that people really dunked on in the West while watching the anime for being really one note. And well, he's had more to do since then. He was in the you know tournament uh, last year, and even before then, he was like a part of group other group missions. So Luck's had oh, yeah, totally, you know but... more appearances to you know make him more endearing to manga readers. Uh, honestly, as as much as I. As much as I did it like the way they kind of like resolved his sort of character arc, like in the very beginning when they were in the dungeon, um, or I guess how quickly they resolved that, um, I still think he actually is a potentially really interesting character. So I, I think there's... I mean, they're, yeah. they're doing fantastic things with him in the manga right now. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, if, if anyone's not caught up listening, catch up. It's worth it. Uh, so in fifth, there's uh, Julius Novacrono, the the Wizard King. Yeah. And then sixth, Fuego Leon, which I, I keep thinking about. It's got to be Fuego, right? Like El Fuego. Surely. I think. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I'm, in, I'm intent on this one. Uh, then seventh, it's my my absolute favorite, Mario Leona Vermilion, who we'll come back to in a minute. 
In eighth, and I, I will pause here because I, I kind of have to. Gosh. Yeah, I think, again, this is another boost from the anime, probably, because we're at, like, Gauche's arc, basically, in the anime. So, I don't know. I guess this his character type is also more amicable to Japanese readers than it is to us Western fans who are like, we see his sister complex and we're like, eh. <laughs> I mean, personally, I think Gauche is a fine character. I, it's pretty clear, he, like, he his whole stick is... Like, supposed to be innocent, not supposed to go in a creepier territory. And I think, like, his character arc in his, like, introduction arc was pretty fine. But, yeah, it's interesting to see him get a boost like this into the top ten when he did not rank in the first poll at all. Yeah, and, like, don't get me wrong, I, I like Ghost more than most, but... But eight, really? <laughs> like, see, it, it's not what it... I'm sad about is Noel came in ninth, despite being third in the last poll for both English and uh, Japanese drop. readers. And it's like that is wow. an immense drop. Our main female heroine is like down at ninth, but she hasn't been any less relevant than the story. She had like pretty good deve- character development in the tournament last year. Like, like she's still Sid, involved. She, she in hasn't. Stuff. She hasn't been. She hasn't been Sundari enough for them. Uh, she's still been Sundari pretty. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would. I think <laughs> I, she's been the I same character. Think, I don't think the anime's done her much favors. Uh, I think that might relate to the drop because. She's she's there and she's interesting, but it it feels like because of the way it's paced, they've really ramped up her her sundariness, and that's not the best part of the character. The the best is how she represents a class struggle from a side you wouldn't normally see represented. You know, she's upper class but untalented, so she's rejected by her own people in this incredibly classist nation, and the anime. Don't really do as much for that as the comics so far. Uh, g- given time, it'll get there, but still. And and then the big surprise in tenth is Nozel, who don't get me wrong, looks incredibly cool with his dorky braid that he definitely does himself. But like, he hasn't really tenth. done much. I I don't remember like anything Nozel has done other than like say that he was going to avenge Fulgurion. You know, so <laughs> why he why him? I guess it's like. He's a pretty character, but he's, I don't know, he's not that much of a character, so. But, like, all, all in all, despite me being surprised by a few entries here, like, that's a pretty solid top ten. It's not got Zora in it, who I genuinely expected to rock it up for being just, just a fantastic new addition to the cast, like, this late in the game, which is kind of an awesome surprise. But the English readers definitely lent more towards my direction of feeling like he's cool and wanting to kiss him on the mouth because Zora came sixth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the results of the English poll were at first we have Yami, second we have Asta, third was Noel, fourth was Yuno, fifth was Finral, sixth was Zora, seventh was the Wizard King, eighth was Luck, ninth was Mimosa, and tenth was Charmy. So now, characters that aren't on the Japanese side. Oh, go ahead. With, with the top, with the top five, I think we technically have to discount Finral because I am a hundred percent sure that Annalise has voted like ten thousand times just for him. <laughs> it's an inside job, guys. Maybe, but uh, who knows? No one will know for sure unless we count the votes. I guess. <laughs> uh, the the big difference that frustrates me here, uh, it, these aren't the best at putting their polls together because it's 
you know, they then have to catalogue all the characters and put them up on a list themselves for people to be able to choose. And the the really significant person who was not on the list at all was Mary O'Leona, which was frustrating because trying to get people to do write-in votes for a character is a... It's like ice skating uphill, and and so she's not even within range of the top ten as far as I can see, which is... Ooh, Oh, how much I wanted her to get the votes. But no, Viz, no, you had to go and forget the coolest character in the entire series. Out of all the characters, how did they forget Mary Leona? Like, freaking Sister Lily is in this popularity ball that, of selection. You know, but, but, they she, got... but she's, such a, she's such an important character, guys. Oh, no, Rebecca oh. is an important character, Colton. Rebecca is clearly the most important <laughs> Rebecca character. I'm fond of. Sister represents the, the one part of Asta that I find insufferable. Because <laughs> I, I like his voice acting in anime. What I don't like is how, no matter what, no matter where, he will never have an interest in a character outside of Sister. And that, sadly, has gotten quite old at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's... It's not a very it's not a very funny gag at all, and it's not an interesting relationship because it's just a gag. It gets kind of uncomfortable in the anime, if I'm being honest. That, that's, yeah. what, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. Other differences between the Japanese and English poll are Mimosa and Charmy being on here, which hey, nice, nice to see those characters. I mean, I'm, get I'm some surprised up. that that Charmy uh, came in so low in the Japanese poll. She landed in 14th, just ahead of Zora. Uh, with Mimosa, again, th- this is a weird bit of serendipity, coming one position above in 13th. Mm-hmm. And Charmy I always think of as being a much more popular character than she is, and I think it might just be because she's based on... Uh... Tabata's wife. Yeah, 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 right? Which, I I don't know, is, is that just a weird little bit that I've, I've filled in in my brain where I'm like, this is the coolest bit of trivia about the series. She must be popular. What is she, I don't think she's done a huge amount lately. Uh, she hasn't really done that much, I don't think, in the last year or so. I mean, she had that one cool moment where she, like, I don't know, like, Finral was being thrown back and, like, she was, like, protecting him with her, her sheep magic. So, you know, that was, like, oh, God, that, was was that cool moment where all the Black Bulls intervened in the langris Finral fight, so... God, yeah, so maybe it makes more sense than I've realised. In my head, all the things in Black Clover happened at the exact same time because all I do is think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's a pretty good poll, and notably, I think the amount of votes has gone up significantly. Oh from yeah, the first it poll. doubled. Like in the first poll, there were nine thousand eight hundred or so votes, and in this poll, we have eighteen thousand votes. So yeah, pretty much exactly doubled. Which is a good sign because like. People like to make a big deal about how, like, oh, Black Clover, it's not really popular. It only sells, like, 300,000 volumes, uh, 300,000 copies each volume. Like, that's a small amount. And I feel like it comes down to the first poll was surprisingly low for the amount of voters. So to see it really catch on now that the anime's there supporting it, uh, it feels good. And it means I can keep turning towards the really insufferable special breed of My Hair Academia fans and go and say, hey... This can also be popular, and that's fine. Please stop talking to me. Well, yeah, I mean... I half expected silence there, like you guys thought I was telling you two not to talk to me. <laughs> what? No. Uh, uh, but no, no, no. there were, like, there's yeah. definitely... I've definitely seen some, uh... Recently on Twitter, there's definitely been some, like, pretty uh, mean-spirited MHA fans. 
who are like arguing with JoJo fans. It's like, eh, what are you guys doing? Who cares? Enjoy oh your my series. god, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> Let's definitely not. I think we can wrap up here. We talked about some really cool Shonen Jump series and news with Maxi here, and it was a really fun time. Yeah, Maxi, thank you for kidnapping us for this impromptu <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's it's what I live for. <laughs> yeah, we got to do it again sometime, but don't tie the rope so hard next time. I got, I still got rope burns. I still got marks. It'll take a while to you know smooth this over, you know. Yeah, and like, it, it, can, can you get us like a bigger bag next time? Like, you kind of just, you kind of just stuffed us in like a, in like a grocery store like plastic bag, and like, I don't know how we fit in there. Like, at, at least double bag us next time, Maxi. It, it's really cramped. My back hurt, so you know, maybe if you could put some bedding in there, you know, cushion it up, so like when I'm sleeping on the side, you know, I don't hurt. My back or my sides. That'd be nice. No. God, at least some airline oh, food no. or something. No. So cruel. Two, so mean. You two get what you deserve. And what you get is the burlap sack and the ropes that I haven't oiled and burnt the hairs off of. <sighs> Fine. That, that's that's a fair compromise. Um, but we should probably wrap up here uh, pretty soon because we secretly have another recording we have to do. Um, so, um, Maxi, for now, um, where can the good people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, at Maxi the Bee. I had to think about my handle there. That's bad. And you can also find me doing uh, occasional reviews and other content over at FriendshipEffortVictory.com. Uh, I, I've currently had a, a couple of months where the reviews haven't been going up, but I'm literally sitting on half-finished reviews of uh, Hiroya Oku's new series, Gigant, Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle. That's relevant. <laughs> and... A third series I've forgotten, which is a very bad sign for that series. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, well, you oh, know, no. uh, if, if you can't remember, I'm sure we'll we'll put a link in the show notes or whatnot uh, for mm-hmm. people who are curious. Um, but no, yeah, go visit Maxi's website and listen to his podcast and everything. We really enjoy his work, which is why we have him on the show. So yeah, thank you, Maxi, for coming on. Oh, it's a pleasure. god i'm finally back oh okay all right well i forgot to press the record button again to stop the recording after maxi uh kidnapped me but uh you know i we we got we got out of that alive uh me and sid are okay um and we we even had a really good discussion so there's that um oh boy oof the third 40 48 hours yeah that sounds about right that that sounds like how long it takes for people to travel from the UK to Missouri. Okay, yeah. Oh, oh okay. Well, hopefully Maxi never does that to us again. Because like we said, uh, Maxi Bernard is a is a great friend of the show and a great friend to us, really. And we're, we're, we're happy to have him on any time. Like, make no mistake. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that'll never happen again. Um, he's, he's lucky that I'm going to tell people to go follow his stuff. Otherwise... I'd probably like I'd I'd probably actually sue, but you know, 
at this point he probably doesn't have that much money after all the after all the manga he buys digitally i mean have you seen the price of grand jump um disclaimer i actually don't know how much grand jump costs uh but i know he buys multiple magazines anyway so so yeah please go follow maxi bernard on uh, on twitter at maxi the b and uh follow friendship effort victory uh the podcast and the blog uh like like you heard like we said earlier um great to have him on the show uh you might be hearing him again sooner than you think uh when i'm not gonna tell um <laughs> uh we we do have a few more things recorded uh we we might have an entire episode with both him and bomber that you'll probably get to listen to hopefully in the next month or so uh i don't know i'm not saying i'm not saying anything um you didn't hear that from me um but yeah um i guess uh p- plugs um sorry I'm, I'm i'm still really tired from my trip back uh, it was a very long, arduous journey that you'll never hear the tale of. Uh, you can find Sid over on Twitter at Lum Ramayasha and wherever else you can find the Lum Ramayasha on uh, on Annie List, on Anime Animation Revelation, on Tumblr, all those places. Um, go follow him too. Um, and uh, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at SniperKing323. I also do a few other podcasts such as Life Lessons, the Gintama Manga Cast, which you can find at GintalifeLessons.wordpress.com, as well as One Podcast Prevails over at OnePodcastPrevails.wordpress.com, uh, where basically Doctor and I, uh, Doctor from the Ask Backwards Anime Podcast, uh, talk about Detective Conan or Case Closed as released by Viz Media. Uh, so go listen to both of those shows, really. I really like recording both of them. You can find every episode of the podcast over at all-comic.com. That's where we post every episode first. You can also follow us on facebook.com slash all.comic or on twitter.com slash allcomic underscore. Uh, but if you want to follow Manga Mavericks in particular, you want to follow us on Twitter at manga underscore Mavericks for all the latest updates on the podcast, such as when new episodes come out, you know, updates on the editing for the podcast, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can also follow us on mangamavericks.tumblr.com, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash manga mavericks. Uh, for basically, you know, uh, short excerpts from the podcast and as well as, uh, you know, uh, certain discussions and whatnot. Uh, I'm sure uh, these Jumpstart discussions will probably be on there at some point. Um, but if you want to email us anything, uh, what, did, what did you think about these two Jumpstarts? Uh, what do you think about the two Jumpstarts that are premiering right now? Um, Seiji Tanaka and the other one that's coming out that I can't remember the name of. Um Please email us over at mangamavericks at gmail.com. Email us your thoughts on those and just tell us whatever you're reading, you know, like we'll, we'll read your email on the show and talk about it. And uh, last but not least, uh, the most important thing, guys, is that you subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I really got to uh, get in the habit of calling it Apple Podcasts, even though it'll always be iTunes in my heart. Um, but yeah, give us a rating, uh, subscribe to us, leave us a review to do all those things. If you so wish to, uh, those things really help the visibility of our podcast on that platform. And, uh, and yeah, just really help us out in general. Uh, so again, yeah. Uh, even though he kidnapped us, uh, that's still the joke. Uh, thank you to Maxi for coming on the show. And, uh, yeah, uh, this has been episode 51 of the podcast and we will see you guys next time for episode 52. Bye, guys. Bye.